Lamb statements from John's Gospel. And our second lesson today comes to us from the 11th chapter of John, verses 17 through 27. This is the story of the death of Lazarus and Jesus coming to raise him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him while Mary stayed home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray together. Gracious God, it is my prayer that your Holy Spirit would come and would be in every word that is spoken. I pray, too, that your Holy Spirit would come into all of our hearts and minds so that we may hear you speak this day. Let us hear, Lord, your words of love and hope. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Many years ago, when I was young, before having children, I had a devotional life that looked the same every day. Every day, I got up and got my favorite cup of hot tea, and I would spend at least an hour reading scripture, reading devotional books, journaling. No matter what happened, I was up an hour early, and I patted myself on the back for this really hard. I'll go ahead and tell you that too. But then we decided to have children. And the minute that baby came into the world, there was no more getting up an hour early. There was no longer an hour to read my Bible or my devotion books. In fact, I realized that it was going to take me maybe five minutes at a time to have any sort of devotion life. But I spent a lot of time thinking, if only. If only I would get up earlier tomorrow, I could do it again. If only the baby would sleep a little bit later, I could do it again. If only Brian would give me an hour in the afternoon and take care of the baby, I could have my devotion life again. If only, if only, if only, until finally I discovered that a prayer while making the bed just might have to do. Now, Martha, in our story today, she's got a lot on her mind, and it sounds a lot like if only. Her beloved brother Lazarus has died. And not only has he died, but we're told that he has been dead for some time. He's been in the tomb for four days. And the lovely 
congregation, the people who care about them, have gathered around. They've come, and they're trying to comfort her in their grief. And finally, she hears that Jesus is coming. And she runs out to meet him, and she says, Oh, Lord, if only you had been here, he wouldn't have died. If only... If only you'd gotten here a little bit earlier, he wouldn't have died. If only you had been here, Lord. And Jesus looks at her and he says, I will raise him again. And she says, I know, I know. I mean, there'll come a time, right, when we're all raised far into the future. That's all that she can see. Her only two options are if only he had come earlier or maybe one day far into the future I'll see Lazarus again. It's hard for Martha to believe that anything is going to change in the present. But Jesus tells her, I will raise him. And not only that, but Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. I, the person who stands before you, I am the resurrection and the life, and I will bring new life out of this tomb. And he does. He raises Lazarus. And now Martha, towards the end, Martha, who had all of those if-onlys, if only you had come earlier, suddenly sees her brother raised, and she believes. This ends with her testimony, Yes, Lord, I believe you. Jesus takes her if only and turns it into an I believe. That's the work of Jesus Christ always. Jesus promises us that death never has the last word. It's the same message the Lord God had for Ezekiel to share to the nation of Israel whose temple had been ransacked, who had been overtaken by the Assyrians. They must have wondered Will we ever live again? Maybe they too were thinking, if only. If only God had saved us. If only we had fought harder, maybe the Assyrians wouldn't have overtaken us. But into their if only, God reminds them to believe and tells them that he will take their dried up bones and give them new life. And God does. Now, I'm thinking about all those people who came to console Martha and Mary in their grief. That's the church, isn't it? They're the ones who come and care and love during this difficult time. But I think the church should also be a group of people who say, I believe. Who believe for those who are grieving. Who believe for those who have no hope that Jesus Christ is standing there in the middle of them and promising them resurrection and new life. And I'm so lucky because I've seen this happen over and over again. When I was in my last year of seminary, I worked at a very large church in the Atlanta area, and my job was pastoral care. It was my job to be in the hospitals. It was my job to meet with people when a tragedy struck. And it was my, God to remind, my job to remind them that God and Jesus Christ was with them. And there are two people I remember in particular my first few months there. One was a young mother, had two small children, and her husband got a terrible diagnosis, and before they could even accept that, he was gone, just gone. And there was so much grief, and there was so much if only. 
If only they'd caught it earlier. If only we'd had different medicine. If only, if only. And this church gathered around her to remind her that they believed. There was another person in those first few months that I met who was a young man whose wife had had an affair in a very public way. So it was not only the indignity of the affair, it was the shame because it was so public. And there was a lot of if only for him. If only this hadn't happened. If only other people didn't know. If only he could hide it. If only, if only. And the church gathered around to offer comfort and hope. A couple of years later, I was pastoring my own church and I get a call from that young woman and she says, I'm getting married again and I want you to come do the wedding. And I say, that's incredible. I'm so excited. Who are you marrying? And somehow in the life of the church, she had met that young man who had suffered that terrible loss himself. And that wedding for me was not only a celebration of marriage vows, it was a celebration of resurrection. Because you know what? They had been in the tomb. They knew what it looked like. They had been cut off from God, they thought. But into that darkness, into that death, into that betrayal, into the tomb, Jesus Christ came and said, I am the resurrection and the life. And the question is for us, do you believe? Do you believe in who Jesus Christ is? Do you believe that when you find yourself in the tomb and in the darkness, when you feel like you have been cut off from all goodness in your life, do you believe in the resurrection and the life? Because it's true. And do you, as the church of Jesus Christ, promise to surround those who are in the darkness and have hope for them when they can't have hope for themselves? Can you do that? This is the promise of Jesus Christ. That we no longer have to live in if only. And we no longer have to think, well, maybe it'll be better one day. That Jesus Christ comes into that present moment and says, I am the resurrection and the life. And I will bring light out of your darkness, new life out of your grave. This is the good news for each of us. It's the good news for the church. And you are called to take your if-onlys and turn them into belief. Thanks be to God and amen.